Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 6th of April. The federal government is scrambling to get its vaccination program back on track, with the rollout being slammed as concerningly behind the rest of the world. So far, only around 840,000 COVID vaccine doses have been administered here in Australia. That's just 3.2% of our population. Overseas, the UK has seen 55% of its population vaccinated, the US 49%. It's hoped there'll be a big jump in jabs over the next few weeks as thousands of GPs come online. While Australia isn't seeing widespread community transmission of COVID at the moment, there are growing calls for mass vaccination hubs to try to help to speed up the rollout. As Acting Chief Medical Officer Professor Michael Kidd says, another outbreak is inevitable. We are permanently at risk of being on the brink of another outbreak. There will be inevitably more cases of community transmission, especially when our nation starts to open up further to the rest of the world. But Queensland's Deputy Premier Stephen Miles claims there are other motivations at play. It's been a very orchestrated campaign over the last few days to try to stop you all talking about Brittany Higgins and rape and sexual harassment and all of the things that have happened in Canberra. National Cabinet will meet later this week with the vaccine rollout and quarantine hotels top of the agenda. Meantime, the Vaccine Advisory Board is set to meet tomorrow over concerns with the AstraZeneca vaccine and blood clots. It follows a 44-year-old man being admitted to a Victorian hospital with the rare blood complication after receiving the jab. And we'll have more from our reporter in Melbourne shortly. Despite the Brisbane three-day lockdown before Easter, many local tourism businesses say they've had a bumper long weekend. Bookings were up in many areas as tourists flew interstate and headed to regional areas. But some travellers experienced lengthy delays over the holiday weekend, with many major roads not coping with the record number of motorists. Here's Simon Westaway from the Tourism Industry Council. A lot of Australians have got out and about, even if it's just been doing day trips or overnight stays within their own state or own region and I mean really the challenge moving forward is how we can encourage Australians to do the interstate trip again to uh, completely you know re-immerse themselves in their in their country. And in breaking news out of the UK this morning, COVID lockdown restrictions are set to ease for hundreds of thousands of residents. From next week, non-essential shops, gyms and hairdressers will be allowed to open, while Prime Minister Boris Johnson has also given the green light for outdoor pubs and restaurants to resume trading. Reopening shops, gyms, zoos, holiday campsites, personal care services like hairdressers and, of course, beer gardens and outdoor hospitality of all kinds. And on Monday the 12th, I will be going to the pub myself and cautiously but irreversibly raising a pint of beer to my lips. Mr Johnson says he's hoping international travel may be able to resume from the middle of next month. Meantime, it seems a trans-Tasman travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand is back on the agenda after a number of delays. An announcement is expected sometime today. And New South Wales Senator Jim Molan will step back from politics after being diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. The retired Army Major General will take sick leave so he can undergo further testing and treatment. Senator Molan says he has many reasons to be positive despite the shock diagnosis. 
now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning. And we start in Victoria. And as we reported earlier, the vaccine advisory body will conduct further investigations into the AstraZeneca jab over concerns with blood clots. Our reporter James Royce has more from Melbourne. Well, we've heard stories about overseas patients developing blood clots after being given the AstraZeneca jab for a few weeks now. And of course, last week, a Melbourne man was hospitalised after he too developed the same condition. However, the Thrombosis and Hemostasis Society of Australia and New Zealand say there is no hard evidence the vaccine is the problem. Acting Chief Medical Officer Michael Kidd, well, he believes there is a link with around one to two cases for every million patients, but it's all about context. By contrast, we know that the risk of death from COVID-19 remains at one to two deaths per 100 people. The vaccine's risks and benefits will be the focus of a meeting tomorrow of the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation. Meantime, in Adelaide, a man aged in his 40s remains in a critical condition in hospital with COVID-19. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, is in Adelaide with the details. Yeah, the man in his 40s was initially in the Tom's Court Hotel in the Adelaide CBD here. That's the dedicated Medi Hotel housing travellers with COVID. But his condition worsened over the weekend and he had to be transferred to the Royal Adelaide Hospital on Sunday with breathlessness. We understand he's got the South African variant of the virus. He's on a ventilator in an effort to keep his oxygen levels up, but at this stage, he does remain critical. Precautions have also been taken to ensure there's no outbreak from this, uh, like we saw in Brisbane. Some extra measures in place, including airflow management to minimise things like airborne spread. Uh, He's one of 13 active cases in South Australia, and it's prompted more questions about the pace of the vaccine rollout. South Australia lagging behind the rest of the nation in the number of jabs being administered. Fewer than 29,000 South Australians have been vaccinated since the program started six weeks ago. And to New South Wales, restrictions have eased for Anzac Day later this month, with thousands allowed to attend the traditional Anzac Day march in Sydney CBD. Siobhan Caulfield has this report from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, up to 10,000 veterans and their descendants can now march through Sydney CBD on Anzac Day, with our state government granting a special exemption for the event. It was initially capped at just 500 people due to COVID, which drew backlash from veterans as well as our PM Scott Morrison, who pointed out that other events have been able to go ahead with few restrictions. Everyone who joins the march will need to check in and socially distance, but it's still not clear how many spectators can go. The exemption will also allow up to 5,000 dawn services across New South Wales as long as they are seated, while anyone who doesn't feel comfortable attending is being urged to take to their driveway or balcony at dawn and pay their respects that way. Now, for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Now, the RBA is meeting today. Will rates stay on hold? And can you explain what floor rates are? Yeah, good morning, Tash. Look, we do have a short working week, but it's a busy one nonetheless. And yes, the RBA does meet today. It is expected, of course, that the cash rate will remain on hold. Having said that, Tash, so many lenders over the past um, month have either increased or decreased rates. So competition is is alive and well. And on Friday, we've also got the semi-annual financial review, uh, financial stability report, rather. Um, that's going to be released. And um, in it, I suspect we'll see the RBA's view on this red-hot housing market. And we know only last week that CoreLogic showed we saw the biggest monthly increase. Prices in Sydney alone jumped a massive 
$50,000 in one month. Now, that's expected to continue. And you ask, what are these floor rates? Well, interestingly, when rates do go down, banks cut their serviceability floor rates, which in a way is adding fuel to the property boom as consumers can effectively borrow more on the same income. And this serviceability floor rate is the way banks stress test your loan to make sure you can meet your monthly repayments, even when rates go back up again. Now, the government regulator APRA says banks have to add on 2.5% to the rate you get or the floor rate set by the bank, whichever is higher. So let's say you sign up for a loan for 2%. The bank would test it at either 4.5% or their floor rate, whichever is greater. And just to give you an idea of the big four banks, ANZ and CBA have the highest floor rate at 5.10% and NAB the lowest at 4.95%. And like I said, uh, the lower these rates, the more you can borrow. And the heat in the market is certainly raising questions whether APRA will step in to cool things down. And one thing is for certain, when rates do go up, these floor rates then naturally follow. And we know during COVID, the entertainment industry has been hit especially hard, especially all the people in live music and JobKeeper has ended and now there's a new financial support package available. Yeah, there is. Now, Now this one comes out today. It's open today. It is for New South Wales. So if you o- operate a live music venue in New South Wales that suffered financial hardship as a result of COVID, you could be eligible for this funding. And look, there are literally lots of these grants and funding around. My go-to website is business.gov.au. And I'll give you an example. If you're a sole trader and sticking just say New South Wales and you're paid say an event uh, uh, license fee or a food license fee or a tradie license, you may be eligible for up to $1,500 rebate to cover these costs. Now moving say to Queensland, if you operate a regional tourism business uh, in Queensland that's been impacted by the international border closures, you could actually probably get a grant from between $2,000 to $10,000 to help pivot your business to the domestic market. And in Victoria, let's say you've had to purchase something to get online, some digital equipment, there are rebates of up to $1,200 to help offset the cost of these purchases. And like I said, it is worth visiting business.gov.au to see what grants and rebates are up. And don't forget, we've also just rolled out the recovery loan scheme. These are the cheapest business loans I have seen. The government guarantees up to 8% of them. And I know CBAs, for example, is starting at 2.6% for business loans. Now, obviously, the difference between a business loan and a grant is that you do have to pay this loan back. Effie, thank you. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, a great weekend of sport over the Easter long weekend. Let's start with the AFL and the Cats holding off the fast of finishing Hawks at the G. Yes, great to have Easter Monday footy back at the MCG. That's right, Tasha. was the Cats getting the win yesterday of the Hawks. Now, of course, we expected them to get the win. Hawthorne now very young side under Alastair Clarkson. But they almost ran over the top of them. Geelong was cruising throughout that game. Tom Hawkins looked uh, on fire. Isaac Smith got a little bit of the footy against his old club. We'll talk about him in a moment, but then they lost a couple of players to injury. Sean Higgins went off with a hamstring, Francis Evans with a a nasty looking uh, ankle injury and then with the limited rotations, the Hawks came from the clouds and really should have pinched it in the end. Jordan Clark got a late goal for the Cats and they just held on to win by five points. Just back on Isaac Smith, playing against his old club 
booed for every one of his uh, 15 possessions and his coach Chris Scott said that he almost didn't play. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for him but you know he only just made it to the line he was ill in the last couple of days and that kind of added to the pressure a little bit for him. And Jeez, he won three premierships uh, with the Hawks, but still getting booed by his uh, his old fans. As for Hawthorne, uh, their coach Alastair Clarkson was pretty happy with their effort yesterday. Yeah, listen, we made uh, we made plenty of blues across the course of the game, and yet somehow found ourselves in the contest late late in the game. So our our spirit and our endeavour uh, and our intent was commendable. So the Cats moving up into seventh uh, early on in the season, we're only three rounds into the AFL season. There, Tash and Brett, the NRL. Gosh, the Eels were on fire yesterday. Yeah, they were a similar uh, game to the AFL, really, in that uh, Parramatta jumped out to a 16-0 lead, and then they were forced to fight and to hold on uh, in the end. Blake Ferguson was in the thick of the action. There was an aerial assault going on with uh, the Tigers sending high bombs his way. He coughed up a couple but didn't let that get to him. In the end, he was the match winner with two tries and set up one as well for Clint Gutherson. Let's hear from his coach, Brad Arthur, on uh, the veteran winger's performance yesterday. Yeah, well, that was some tremendous kicks, but, you know, he responded well and just had to move on from it. There's nothing he could do about it. It was a trial we had to move on, and um, I thought he handled himself really well in the second half. So the Eels and the Panthers are the only two unbeaten teams left after four rounds. And the Eels, as you mentioned, on track for their best ever start to a season. That would be six wins. Last year, they won their first five. 1986, they did the same thing, of course, when they won their last elusive premiership. And Brad Arthur also said that they haven't quite hit top gear just yet, but believes that they are a more mature side than the one, has been, than the one that has been knocked out of uh, the finals in straight sets in the last couple of years. The 80s was a great decade. Let's hope uh, the Eels go back to 1986 again. <laughs> Absolutely, for Parramatta fans, no doubt. And with sticking with the NRL, Brett, the future of Jake Friend remains uncertain as he prepares to meet with Roosters Chiefs today. Yeah, obviously he's had a, a number of uh, concussions. Jake Friend, popular player there uh, at the Roosters. But uh, as you said, we'll meet with Roosters officials today. There's a lot of talk that he will uh, confirm his retirement. Uh, let's hear from his teammate, Drew Hutchinson, who says that they will, they've got his back regardless of whether he decides to play on or retire. All we can do at this club is be here to support him. And uh, I know as a mate, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. And I suppose everyone else is going to do the same thing for him. So he's got to consider, of course, his long-term health. Speaking of long-term health, Mitchell Pearce is out for, well, up to 10 weeks. He is expected to have surgery today on another torn pec, the other side from the one that he tore uh, last year. Now, they have spoken to North Queensland to try and get Jake Clifford to Newcastle early. They have signed him for next year, but he was dropped by the Cowboys. So they've said to them, well, if you're not going to play him in first grade, then uh, send him our way. The Knights could definitely use a bit of help at the moment because they certainly do have a lot of injuries, Tash. A big season ahead. Brett, thank you. Thank you. Checking the weather details around the country now this Tuesday morning. Brisbane, rain on the way, a top of 25. A few showers also for Sydney, 27. Partly cloudy conditions for both Melbourne and Canberra this morning. Partly cloudy and 21 for Hobart. Sunny and 27 today for Adelaide. Partly cloudy and a high of 27 also for Perth. Mostly sunny and 33 for Darwin. And the COVID-19 crisis has seen face masks become the new norm for millions around the globe. But now some improvements could be on the way to make them more comfortable. The US government has launched a new competition aimed at improving the design to stop issues like people's glasses fogging up, skin irritations or sore ears from the straps. The $650,000 Mask Innovation Challenge asks Americans to come up with new masks that are both effective and comfortable. Up to five winners will be chosen to share in the big cash prize with prototypes then considered for production.
And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.